Hi, I'm Avin, and this is the Salvation Engine Podcast, where we bring you the message about God's Word, His grace, and His goodness in a simple and direct way. The Bible says, faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. So please join me as I continue to share the gospel message about Jesus Christ, and let us hear the Word of God together. Tonight, we are talking about submission to god's righteousness submit to god's righteousness let's pray almighty father in heaven i give you thanks for this message i thank you father god for your son jesus christ i thank you for all that we have become through him father god all that we have we are becoming and all that we will be i thank you father god that you have given us great and precious gifts that those of old longed to receive but did not receive you have given them to us father god through your son jesus christ and in tonight's message we say thank you father we receive your word today with praise and thanksgiving in jesus mighty name amen and amen tonight we're talking about submission submission to god's righteousness We struggle with submission in many areas of life as the Bible intends for us to submit. The Bible teaches that we should submit to authority, that we should submit to those God has placed in leadership over us, that wives should submit to their husbands, that children should obey their parents in the Lord. We see patterns of submission throughout God's order, but tonight we're specifically talking about submission to God's righteousness. And we're going to take a look now about how this is God's established order, how we obtain this righteousness, how we submit to it. Let's go back to the beginning, in the days of Adam and Eve. You know, Adam, God gave him everything. He was commander in chief of the earth. Adam enjoyed everything while he believed. When Adam, through Eve, chose to distrust God, chose to eat from the tree that God had commanded them not to eat, what God had said would happen, happened. Death came. God had said to Adam, the day you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die. So on that day, when they ate of that tree, when they partook of it, they surely died. Death came. From that point on, Man would need a redeemer. He would need a savior through whom life would come. We only have to study the pattern of how that death came to understand more correctly the life that has come to us through Christ Jesus. Because we do not see Adam dropping down and dying on the day he partook of that tree. We see Adam dying some 600 years later. So what is, what is it that we're meant to understand about the life that came through Christ Jesus? Let's go back into biblical order. In biblical order, first of all, we find the promise given to Abraham by God that he would be the father of many nations. Later on, we see the law that came by Moses. Now, we understand from the book of Galatians in the third chapter that 
salvation, the restoration of what Adam lost was not to come to us through the law, but that the law was merely a guardian until the Savior would come who would restore us back to God. Galatians, the third chapter in verse 21 says that, For if a law had been given that could impart life, then righteousness would certainly have come by the law. We lost something in that garden. Adam lost life. He lost righteousness. He lost his right standing with God. Death came in. Sin came in through Adam's sin. Death came into our world. So now we're here, we're standing here, we're standing after the cross. We're looking at Jesus. Our Savior has come. He has died. He has given us something, but many still to this day do not understand that which Adam lost, that which we now have back, reinstated, restored, redeemed in Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. And that's what we're talking about here in today's podcast, Submission to Righteousness. We'll start by addressing those that insist on living under the law. You know, if you insist on living under the law as a means of salvation, you are missing on the two great things we just pointed out here that Adam lost. You are missing out on life and you are missing out on righteousness. How do I mean? Those who reject Jesus Christ, scripture says that, they have a certain zeal for God. You are serving God, but it is not based on knowledge because you have not known the righteousness of God. You are seeking to establish your own righteousness. You're seeking to establish it through traditions, through church traditions, through religion, through rule keeping. But Paul says that they have sought to establish their own righteousness and have not submitted to God's righteousness. There is a group that seeks to define righteousness on their own terms outside of that which God has given us as his righteousness. We have to submit to God's righteousness. Paul says that while you are looking to establish your own righteousness, you have not submitted to God's righteousness. Submission to God's righteousness brings life. It brings righteousness. Under the new covenant, a righteous person is one who believes God, has faith in God, has faith in the Son of God, Jesus Christ, has faith in the finished works of Jesus at the cross. Scripture says that Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Believed the foundation of the just man, the righteous man in the new covenant is faith. That is the inheritance we have with believing Abraham. Those who are of faith are made righteous together with believing Abraham. There is something in our human will that wants to work. It wants to prove. It wants to earn its way. And it wants to earn its way into God's goodness, into God's favor. But scripture says, By the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. No one by the works of the law will be justified before God. We have to submit to God's righteousness. You know, God does not control any man. He does not control what we do or don't do. He has given us free will. We can even choose if we will believe in Jesus or not. And once we've believed in Jesus, we can choose if we're going to continue on the path of salvation or not. 
He guides us into the right path. He leads us into accepting his son. He sends teachers. He sends preachers. He gives us his word. Even dreams and visions, even to both to believers and non-believers, directing us into what is right, what is good. But never ever does he control our outcome because he has given us free will. But yet we want to control God. How? Through our works. We want to control God by saying, look at me, God, look at how good I have done. I deserve your best blessing, oh Lord. Or even pointing to others, pointing a finger to someone else and saying, look how bad they've been, God. They do not deserve your blessing. But God says this in his word. No one will be justified by works of the law. If it was that only good people could be saved or earn their way into salvation, most of us would have no hope. I, I certainly would have none. We remember the parable Jesus told about the Pharisee and the tax collector. Listen to how it is written. This is how it's stated in the word of God. Also, he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Jesus tells this parable about a Pharisee on one hand and a tax collector on the other. And scripture here says that he told this parable to those who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. This is how he tells the parable. He says, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and another a tax collector. Now the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men who are extortioners, they're unjust, they're adulterers, or even as this tax collector, look at me, I fast twice a week, I give tithe of all my possessions. And then, there comes the tax collector standing afar off, would not even much raise his eyes to look up in heaven, but he beat on his chest saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Jesus tells this parable and says, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. This man went down to his house justified. This man came looking for mercy, forgiveness for his sins. He humbled himself. He recognized that he was not enough in himself, that there was nothing of himself that could lift him up into the heavens and give him any accolade, any position before God. And Jesus says, this man went down to his house justified. You know, the ditch of self-righteousness, it lies open. It's so easy even for well-meaning believers to get into the place of, look at me now. This is how good I am now compared to so-and-so. But, oh Lord, my prayer is that we may come to that place called end of self, where we truly understand that even our best of the best of our works cannot obtain for us right standing before God. We all come before God through his son, through what Jesus Christ has done. We submit to what Jesus has done for us on the cross. That is our only way to the Father. God desires to be believed, not manipulated. This was the first sin. 
unbelief, a distrust toward God. Adam had a distrust toward God. God said to him one thing and he did another. An attempted manipulation of God's standard for man to earn his way. We must submit to God's righteousness. It's the way that leads to life. When Jesus teaches in the book of Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says that seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. His righteousness, not our own. Submitting to God's righteousness is surrendering to all that Jesus has done. It's knowing that we do not have any good works that we can count for our own as righteousness. It's doing away with any knowledge whose foundation is based on man-made ideas of being right and simply building on the rock that is Christ Jesus. You know, It's the way into rest as we confidently rely on Jesus, not just as our savior, but as our high priest who is now seated at the right hand of God the Father in heaven. It's approaching God through Jesus, his son, and knowing that Jesus took our sins and gave us his righteousness and right standing before the Father. When we try to place works in the place where believing should be, what God has given us freely, we become like the older son in the parable of the prodigal son. It's so sad because it's only in the end, after the younger son comes back home, that the older son is made to realize. If he even realizes it, we don't know because he was still outside at the end of the story. But then his father says to him, look, all I have is yours. The son with this wax and performance mentality says, Father, I have been slaving for you all these years. I have been a good person. I have been your servant. I have never broken your commandments. I have obeyed them all. But you've never given me anything. Not even a young God to celebrate with my friends. The older son is still trying to earn righteousness on the merit of his wax. The father lovingly brings him into the understanding that all the father has is his. Sadly, this older son had not graduated out of self-righteousness and was still trying to earn his way into the father's favor through works. All this while, the father did not throw him out, but deals with him in love, deals with him in patience as he does with us all. God's way of being right says, I know you are a sinner, but my son died so you could be made righteous. It is by faith that we are made righteous. If you had told me 15 years ago that I would be teaching the word of God, that would have been laughable as building my tech projects, maybe looking into this or other thing in the world. This was certainly the farthest thing from my mind. I had no tangible faith of my own to speak of, let alone to teach anyone else about. But in all this, we see the working of God's grace. Paul writes in the book of Philippians, his personal submission to Christ's righteousness. He says he puts no confidence in the flesh. This was a man of higher learning with accolades. He, he comes into this revelation and then he surrenders everything to Christ Jesus. He submits to Christ's righteousness. He says, I count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. And I count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ 
and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. This righteousness has no merits about it. We cannot earn it. It comes through our surrender to the Lordship of Christ, through knowing him, through believing in him, and laying all our filthy rags aside to approach God through faith in his Son. My prayer for you today is that you will submit to Christ's righteousness. Submit to the righteousness of God. Submission to the righteousness of God is submission to Christ himself. Submit to God's righteousness today. Submit to the Son of God. Surrender it all. Let every work that you are counting in your account as being a good work unto salvation today be as nothing. Count it as garbage as Paul says and receive that free righteousness that we all obtain in the finished work of Jesus Christ at the cross. He was made sin who knew no sin that we would be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Thank you for listening to this message. If you've enjoyed hearing about God's goodness, please make sure to visit our website www.salvationengine.com where I share written messages from scripture and other news. In addition is the Salvation Engine social media pages on YouTube, Instagram and Facebook. Simply type in Salvation Engine to find us. Have a great week. Until next time, be blessed.